0: Hello and welcome back to Not Without My Sister, your favourite new podcast. Presented by me, Rosemary McCabe. And me,
1: Beatrice McCabe.
0: Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister, a podcast about sisterhood, friendship, relationships and all of the questions that we have about life that are yet and unanswered. And none of the answers. Yeah, we've absolutely uh, none of the That was
1: literally the conversation. And no intelligent questions. That was the conversation we've been having all day. What is this about? What is life about? We have none of the answers and yet we're willing to talk about all of it with you and have none of the answers. For an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And today we thought it would be great to talk about how we have none of the answers about body positivity or bodies or body negativity or bodies in general, right? Having grown up with bodies, I think we should probably be experts. We are experts. Are are we experts on our own bodies? I don't want to actually say, actually, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm entirely not an expert on my body or
0: anybody else's body. I was just about to say, like, my body does at least 10 things a day that I'm like, what the was that? Yeah, I I agree. You
1: know, your body does. Your body does. (laughs) But I did think it was interesting today when we were talking, we were talking earlier on and we were discussing, you know, how I think that you have a very interesting perspective on this because you have obviously advocated for body positivity or BOPO, right? For all the cool kids Mm -hmm. and you're a trainer, right? And you've been out there in the public eye. And then you made the good point that I also have a different perspective because I've worked in fashion for a long time and Mm. I've definitely not been fashion's idea of a a fashionable body right
0: yeah but I mean I think just to clarify my point wasn't you've worked in fashion and you don't quote-unquote fit but I I was more kind of saying as a personal trainer I spent a lot of time saying to people other people aren't looking at your body nobody cares what you look like you know your body needs to be functional more than it needs to be aesthetically pleasing whereas in your industry the absolute opposite of all of those statements will be true.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually, no, no, that's totally true. I think I spent more time around people who spend a lot of time judging other people's bodies, whether it's for catwalks, it's for photo shoots, or it's just for like pure negative bitchiness, to be honest, like just just casual past remarkability, Mm -hmm, just total judgment, judgmentalness. But also like, I mean, I started working 20 years. What what age am I now? 32. So 20 years ago. Right. And (sighs) 41 20 <sighs> years <God>. ago <laughs> and and like it was it wasn't ever like this is fine right i totally think that the whole time that i was working i registered every single one of these you know indignities as an unfair comment or an unjust comment or whatever but it was not the same i think pressure etc that's happening now since just me too and all of the you know unrest that's happening at the moment but there's been a movement towards, in a weird way, even before Me Too, there was the movement towards, you know, body diversity, etc. But like, what does that really mean? And even if it's diverse, mm. does it actually, you know, do you feel more accepted? Do you feel more okay out there in the world? Or do you just feel like, great, other people are being accepted, therefore I'm okay? Like, does it make a difference yeah. to your actual life?
0: Yeah, like great, That there are different types of beauty now, but most of them are still unattainable for the average person. I feel like it's kind of when like fitness influencers got really big and, you know, there are all these kind of slogans like strong is the new skinny and like, you know, fit is the new X or whatever. And I felt like it was just telling women another way that they should be when actually for most of us, we don't have visible abs and we don't, you know what I mean? Like all these different things. And even when you see now, like I find it really difficult to see myself in, body positive activists or in fat activists, because I obviously, we all have completely different bodies. And like, I happen to have certain roles on my tummy that I've never seen represented. And so I will see these like beautiful plus size women. And I'll kind of think like, oh, well, it's well for them because they might be fat or they might be bigger than me, but they still have really flat tummies and they're beautiful. You know what I mean? There's still this like absolute, like, I mean, there's, are still models. Ideal. They're still models, right? You know, yeah. They're still models. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was As
1: you were talking there, I was going like, oh my God, I remember how much you used to drive me mad when it's not just about my body doesn't fit this preconception of being a model, but it's also about like, I don't necessarily have time. And I know everybody's going to say, that's an excuse. Like you always have time. Everybody has time, but like, I don't necessarily have time to go and all this stuff takes time. Everything is a choice, right? So it's hard to, Mm -hmm. it's hard to prioritize. Like, what are the things that you prioritize? Like, I don't, I, I, I want to not be. I I want to look good, but I also want to have a life. I want to do the things that I want to do. You know, how do you do these things? And like, how do you send a message to your kids that like, these things are important Mm -hmm. and this, this, this time for yourself is important, but at the same time, it's not overwhelming because I think living with my kids, you even saw how this is, we never talk about bodies or being fat or being thin. We never, well, I mean, I. I think we never do. And even now I kind of question, do I, do I sometimes, does it slip up and I don't, does it slip out and I don't even notice, you know, but I think you even saw it from my kids, like it doesn't matter if you talk about it, like they hear it, they hear it everywhere and they hear it at school, yeah. they hear it on TV, they hear it through every social media channel, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was even, I just walked into the living room where my boyfriend's kids were watching SpongeBob and one of the characters was talking about how one of the other characters had loads of money or was very affluent and his daughter was really fat as a result. I was basically saying, like, look at her; she's huge, and I was like, Th- those are the kind of, like even though these are obviously anthropomorphic characters, so nobody's really expecting the whale to be skinny. Quote unquote It's still like That kind of thing Goes in with kids Like it goes in so much We don't even realise Yeah it. but like Even take whatever That TV show we watched That extremely highbrow
1: Television show Was like uh, what, Magnolia What was it called Happy Magnolia Sweet Magnolia Sweet, Sweet Magnolia
0: If you don't remember I don't remember Sweet <laughs> You literally said the name Of it an hour ago You're just trying to make yourself Sound no, better now No 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 <laughs> I thought I made what up was that name What was it name? called Something Magnolias <sighs> Sweet Magnolias Sweet Magnolia I'm literally about to give out About myself So like shut it Your favorite new show. It is. Well, I mean, it's extremely (laughs) religious, so that doesn't exactly, you know,
1: anyway, sit too well with me. I mean, I think in episode one, she said, God, Jesus, and prayer about 14 times. And i was like, hmm, not sure about this, especially since I recommended it. But anyway, since I suggested we watch it anyway. And there are three main characters, and one of whom is the, you know, white redhead, one of whom is the person of color, and one of whom is, as I referred to, almost super, You know, super slagged by you as the fat chef, but like she's extremely, she is the
0: fat chef, right? That's, that's the you can tell they're like let's cast a fat chef, right? Right? Yes, thank you, yeah, thank you. (laughs) I'm like, and I mean, also like, but that's definitely a trope, as in in Gilmore Girls, which is a very similar show to this, actually. In in kind of in flavor, like it's quite wholesome and, and there's not as much religion, but it's you know small town wholesome there's also a fat. Chef. but 100% but and i feel like it's it's kind no, of No, but in the car the other day archetype. when i said
1: like hey you know so we're watching this tv show and i was like oh the fat chef and my my son goes you shouldn't say the word fat i thought that was kind of interesting right? Mm. it's like you shouldn't say the word you shouldn't you shouldn't say fat it's a negative word i thought it was interesting like your reaction to him
0: yeah well i mean i always try to and it's it's kind of annoying because like i understand that they're just kids and i also understand that a lot of the time when we talk about you know, fat or thin. Like we don't want our kids going into school and being like you're fat to someone. Do you know what I mean? No, so, but like, I we mean do they do though.
1: Because I mean we've heard them around the house. You know, fat so fat so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah You yeah. know we hear we One, hear them saying 100%, it. One hundred percent. But like we hear them saying it as you know you're stupid and you're fat and like I mean yeah maybe they are a little bit chubby under lockdown, but like it's not this is not a thing. You know this is and this is not something that they've learned here as an insult. Like. This is this is something no, that they know just something, to be a negative thing that they can say to each other. You know,
0: yeah, that it's that it's this pejorative term that is used in society, and like, there's no getting away yeah. from that. But like, I'm always like, I would try with the kids, with your kids, and actually, I had a similar conversation with one of Brandon's kids yesterday, where I would try and go, you know, fat isn't a positive or a negative; it's just a description. Some people are fat, and some people are thin, and then they'll go, but it's not nice to call someone fat, right? And on the one hand, I'm going. Well, if someone describes me as a bit fat, I'm like, that's fine. I am a bit fat, but if, so, if if but if they're at school and they're going, you're fat. You obviously don't want them saying to other people. So like, it's such a difficult nuance to explain to kids. But I thought it was funny. Well. When, you but know but I, what I, I mean? It was funny
1: when you were talking to Nash and you were like, hey you know, it's, it's just, it's just a a description. Like if I'm fat, I'm fat. If they're thin, they're thin, they're born that way, or they live that Mm -hmm. way or whatever. Like it's not, it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't cast aspersions on your character. And he goes, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, totally understand. He's like, but it's still really negative. I thought that was interesting, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the takeaway is he under like fundamentally understands, but it's still a weapon there to be used, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, go on. Go on. No, you go on. God, we're so polite tonight. No, it's like you not go even on. normal.
0: It's only because we can't see know, each other 100%. And roll our eyes at each
1: other. 100%. If you're here, I'd be like <laughs> entirely talking over, like, shut up. I can't even, don't even care what you have to say. But I was going to say, like, I've entirely experienced this. Like, I have, you know, all my life was fat, have been fat. I mean, you were reminding me today that at six months as a baby, a memory I do not have, my mother brought me into the hospital and was chastised for having such a fat baby <laughs> like god love she,
0: <laughs> she she said she just brought you in for your six month checkup to the GP and the GP took one look at you and said what are you yeah, feeding so her yeah so
1: this is this child is is the weight of a two year old so I mean honestly yeah, I genuinely and like,
0: mom was just breastfeeding yeah and I genuinely feel there like there was no yeah. food going into so that so you know golf. what this is not my fault I've struggled with this my entire life it's not my fault right <laughs> you know what that, that actually does make me because like Whenever you've gone on a diet, you go on such low calorie diets. that This this now all makes sense to me. Like there's literally no food going into your gob and you're putting on weight. Thank you, Rosemary. Yes, but it's no true, sense. right? No, but it's very, it's very yeah. unlucky. It's very unfortunate. So recently I joined that like, Noom. Like in this world I we live in. Noom,
1: Noom.com, right? Whatever it's called. Noom and it's like. Oh my
0: God. A disclaimer, not an advertiser. Oh, the way you said that. Noom. No, but com. I mean like
1: I joined this, but in case anybody was like, what's she saying? Noom. Noom.com, right? N-O-O-M, mm-hmm. not noon, Noom, but like. I thought it was helpful, but like, it was just another Weight Watchers. It's like, they're all the same thing, right? I've been on every Weight Watchers in every country, as I think I mentioned before, but it was interesting because it tells you like how many calories, and it was only at the 850, 900 calorie that I actually lost any weight. And this was me, you know, still being relatively active now. I'm not going to pretend that I'm like out there jogging, but like doing, you know, not lying down flat on my back. I'd like to talk about the time, dad, you gave
0: dad the pedometer. Could you talk about that? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, yeah, do you remember when, like, it was probably, it was probably 20 years ago now when Pedometrics first came out. It was not 20 years ago. I think it was, because I was about 14, 14 and it was only 15 years ago, you're making me feel really old. I think you were still at home.
1: I was not at home, anyway, I was look, shocked
0: abroad. Okay, fine, listen, you were shocked abroad, it was 15 years that's ago. Wine does, that's wine does, pouring, does that really that's wine pouring, that's wine pouring
1: in your absence, in your honour. <laughs>
0: So pedometers had just come out and they were really being promoted by the health service as a way of measuring activity levels and like making sure that you're up to scratch. And the, the goal for each day was 10,000 steps. And I think I had taken it one day and I think I had walked, it was when I worked in Stevens Green and I had walked from Houston to Stevens Green and back that day, like determinedly because I knew I was wearing this pedometer. So I was like, this is, today's going to be a good day. And I only clocked up something like 8,000 steps. I was shocked. So then I gave it to dad the next day. Going, I wonder what Dad will do. And Dad, at the time, was working in this kind of steel making factory in Ballymount, and he would get up every morning. He would drive to work, he would work there all day, and he would drive home. <laughs> when he took it home the next day, he had done eight hundred and seventy-two no, steps. So, excuse me, are you joking? I told everybody eighty-seven steps. Are you joking? No, no, it was no, it was eight hundred and steps. He did lit, eighty-seven listen, steps would be like from here to the. That's literally
1: Dad. He got up out of his lazy boy. He walked down the stairs. He doesn't sleep. He in likes his to way. do it's the most loping steps he can <laughs> to eliminate it any really excess does. energy. Yes, a hundred percent. He then it likes to be very yes, efficient. He then drove to the factory. He then got out four steps between the factory and the door. He then got back in four more steps. He stood around. He drank coffee. He potentially rotated in a circle two more steps. <laughs> he got back in the van. He drove home. He has to have I gone literally gone to the told at least the whole twice. world eighty-seven steps. I guarantee you told me eighty-seven steps. This is now. I'm... I mean, mortifying that like this is now going to be out there in the world and I have lied to people. 87 steps. I'm going to
0: get this from dad. I'm pretty sure it was 872. (laughs) I'm so annoyed with you right now. (laughs) (laughs) The the true point of this is Beatrice, the daily aim was 10,000. I think doing 872 is not as bad as you seem to think it is. But you know what? Therein potentially lies my problem. You should, yeah, you're like, 872 steps is grand. You should check your health app right now and see how many steps you did today. Also, although you see, you don't carry your iPhone around, so it won't be accurate. What I was wondering is, how would you say, if somebody asked you, like, honestly, how do you feel about your body today, now, age age 41, what would you say? I would say, you bitch, do not bring up the fact that I'm 41 <laughs> ever again.
1: I think it's just really hard to like separate how do you feel. It. I mean, it's not about how do you feel about it today, Right. How do I feel about it today is I look at it today and I think about all the great things that it's done, et cetera, like everybody says in every magazine and I go, could care less. Like, that's not what I think. You know, yes, great. It's done great things, genuinely. But I also like, I still have this.
0: Are you basically just, I I just want to clarify, you're just talking about your kids, right? Because like you're acting like you climbed Everest.
1: Oh my God. I have basically climbed the maternal (laughs) Everest. I have four fucking kids, you bitch. Four times. Yeah, I had natural births. Oh wait, no, I didn't. I watched some other and they're not considered natural. I had an epidural every single time as much as I could. Multiple epidurals because every single time my redheaded body absorbed every (laughs) single bit of anesthetic and I had to have it multiple times. So I've had eight epidurals and four kids. And yes, I feel like I've climbed the maternal Everest. And the first time I had major infections and therefore was so in pain. Yes, you know what? TMI, we'll talk about this again. But yes, I've climbed the maternal Everest and you're welcome. But that's not what I was talking about, okay? I was about to go back to being a teenager and say that (laughs) my, I don't think yourself, well, in my own, I I don't think you are, I shouldn't like speak for everybody else. My own self-image is tied up, I think, less with how I have been in the last 20 years much more so with how I was in the first 20 years, quite genuinely. Like, and I actually wonder if most people are like this. And maybe they're not. Well but I genuinely my wonder, therapist
0: would say yes.
1: Yeah, I really feel like I have a lot of friends who were extremely skinny, all their teenage and preteen and like, you know, those formative years. And and who who now could be like a lot heavier or a lot like bigger or, you know, and it's not all about weight, but like who just are not the People that they were back then, but
0: who behave yeah, exactly but, I mean, like that, who might be but who have that level yeah, who of might confidence, be, like softer, who might be less, yeah, who might be but less, but who sporting, still have but still, but their level
1: of confidence, yes. their behavior, their like persona is that 16 year old. And I feel like I was totally fucked because I was such a non in my mind, and in reality, I would have to be fair, <laughs> I was. Uh, such a a non you know I was not society's idea of an attractive or my idea I was not an attractive 16 year old or 12 year old or an eight year old right I've always been like extremely massively tall not now obviously like now you're you know what I mean everybody's the same height but like Back then super tall the tallest Everybody's person. the same height. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's the height. Oh, I know what you mean. Height, I know what right? you mean. In
0: school, yes. you were like In yes, primary super tall. school, yeah, I know Pounce what you mean. Rosemary, everybody's the same height. Not literally. I literally was like, "Oh my god, she's losing her mind." <gasps> she thinks everyone averages out when they get older. What's wrong with her? <laughs> I literally was like she's taller than so me Is she not know. Sister. <laughs> everybody's the same height. They're not. I'll have you know they're not. Thanks. No, I. What did I? What did I I explain to you today? Everything, Rosemary. So many
1: things. I can't even get over it. No, Rosemary has a problem with when I I say what, as in what (laughs) exclamation mark? You know, shocked voice. Rosemary goes, "Oh, well, let me explain to you. That means orange juice comes in a can." (laughs) Like, no, no, no. I understood that part. I'm more like why. My question is why. Why didn't you
0: say why? Honestly, why didn't you say why? I don't think this is my fault. I... I think this is from living with mom for a year, and literally when she says "what," she means "what." Don't blame mom. I can't Don't hear you blame what? Don't blame. Oh. That's really
1: unfair. That's that's very that's very belittling of you.
0: Listen, I just want to say when mom, you were 16, I love you, you mom. <laughs> 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 Hashtag favorite favorite child. Um, you may not have been an attract like you may not Excuse have been considered me? an attractive sixteen year old girl. Oh, you just said this. Oh, but you would have been considered God. a relatively attractive red headed male. 80s singer by a small <gasps> cohort of people in Germany. So don't worry, He's so Kathy, you're lucky you're not in the same room with me right now.
1: Anyway, I would like to go back to so so I was extremely tall, right? And Rosemary, you have that picture that Dad sent over recently, where Nash, who's age nine, goes,
0: "Is that Grandpa's brother?" No,
1: that was me, age no, twelve. No, that was he me, age said twelve. First what? was?
0: No, no, what he first was. You, you were eleven, and what he said first was, "Is that Dad?" <gasps> Is that your husband? Don's never been that tall. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have to listen to this afterwards? Uh oh.
1: Uh-oh. Has, oh sorry, Don. Don,
0: I love you. Love you, Don. Anyway, he may not be that tall, but he's an
1: excellent sound engineer. Oh my engineer. God, he's Go amazing! On. So talented and great sense of humor. Anyway, the whole point of, so I mean, honestly, to be fair to me, right? Like we recently watched an episode of Smothered, which if you haven't watched it, probably don't. Like it's, it's what is what is a TLC? It's like, it's pretty bad. I think it's on time. We keep watching it. Yeah. But I think it's a TLC TV show. Like we keep watching it thinking like, oh, this is going to get better. It's a reality TV show about like mothers with extremely unhealthy relationships with their daughters or vice versa. And most Mm -hmm. of it is me going, oh my God, I don't think they mean that. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. But Genuinely, generally it is that bad and actually it's worse but one of them anyway it's like I had a really difficult upbringing because I have an enzyme problem was it an enzyme problem An end like an
0: enzyme surplus maybe or an enzyme deficiency it? Or something it was something yeah right? some enzyme thing I, I think you so, like yeah. showed
1: pictures like by the age of seven I looked like I was 72 or like I was like I was 17 and like I was <laughs> super tall and I, I was like oh my god this is literally me and mom never took me for tests and never twigged it so then i asked mom i was like mom like how come you never actually went to get tests for me because i was so massive and mom goes i brought you to the fat doctor
0: right not the doctor no, who was I fat no i brought you to, to the fat doctor i actually remember this do you, oh yeah i i, I was just about to ask do you yeah, remember, remember being i remember the being brought to the fat doctor
1: because i remember but i I actually don't know if I knew. I think I knew. I, re- I think I knew where we were there, but like I think I thought we were there because I was tall versus I was fat. And I remember he was like, "Oh, if she ever wants to be a model, you're probably going to need to break her jaw because her face is extremely asymmetrical," which has stayed with me forever.
0: Sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry. What was... if she? What? Shut what made this doctor up. think that you might want to be a model? Maybe he saw my pure potential. Do you think you had just read like? Judy Bloom's Deanie and you were like So I want to be a model No Rosemary I had not I did
1: not say anything to this guy Because I was terrified (laughs) And I was extremely shy at the time If you can actually believe that I was extremely shy at the time And mom brought me in And mom was like hey And he said if you want to to be a model I mean basically what he was saying was like If you want to be a model Like break your face and get another face Because like you're not about to be a model (laughs) It's the reality of this In fact now that I think about it Like break your face into and reset it Because like you're not about to be a model And then he goes I also think your chin like it looks like you have goiter
0: which has always led me to like extreme neck paranoia which anybody sorry can I actually point out I have had not one not two but three strangers reach out to me on Instagram stories and message me directly and say hey I hope you don't." and they've always been very sensitive hope you don't mind me saying this I work as a nurse or a pharmacist I think one of them was even a doctor (laughs) and was like I think you might have goiter to be rude Rosemary but like I hope you don't have goiter but
1: like I genuinely I don't, don't, don't have goiter, goiter because I immediately like,
0: I immediately went to my doctor and was like do I have but like goiter like Rosemary my
1: neck is like it's, definitely is that why my neck looks a like little this? bit more slander
0: no. than yours now like I don't have goiter <gasps> I'm sorry Rosemary I hope you don't I mean I know that's true but I've never heard you admit yes, it yes you have and I hope you don't have goiter okay oh, you have you just have not I you have a voice to listen
1: to me admitting it I hope you don't have goiter I hope neither one of us has goiter anyway
0: so I need to get my face broken. I think broken. Having goiter would be a great excuse for I this neck. I need to break
1: my face. I need—I have goiter on my yeah. neck, but there's nothing you can do except put me on a low calorie diet, right? So he put, mom
0: puts me on the low calorie I diet. I feel like this doctor, this doctor was delusional. Like he may as well have said to you, if she wants to be a jockey, <laughs> she might want to shave a few <laughs> inches off.
1: Like, I mean, in what? fairness, I do think mom could potentially have like prevent, you know, she could not always be like whipping up dessert straight after dinner. Right, even Don is always horrified. Don is horrified by this. Don's always like, Claire, I need at least two hours between like dinner and dessert. And Mom's always like, "What are you talking about? Bring the dessert on immediately!" Right, so like
0: she literally, she loves finishes the shepherd's pie, and she she wants
1: her like apple crumble
0: (laughs) right now. She loves to whip up dessert and then right when you've just finished dessert she likes to make a cup of tea and then produce sliced cake Oh with yeah 100% cup tea. My ex-boyfriend used to always be like what is wrong with your oh, mom so maybe this like, is like, actually I'm not so just stuffed. done right
1: this is the whole world except and we oh, didn't yeah. realize no, no, this
0: was not
1: mom. normal because we were led to believe that dinner entailed We were too busy scoffing Yes, exactly dinner entailed this plus <laughs> we're like, pineapple upside down cake course. plus apple crumble Yum. right So actually <laughs> plus, now plus I'm like eights. this is mom's world so anyway, so on it goes. And then I go to get my uniform fitted and Frances Mallon, who's like one of my favorite people and was like actually listening. I was like, oh, I loved the podcast. Is she going to love this? Was like one of my worst memories ever when I went into, because she used to have the uniforms for school, was like, took mom aside and whispered something to her. And I was like, what's she whispering? This one's gorgeous. No, she was whispering. I have no clothes. If she wants to be a model. <laughs> yeah, if she wants to be a model. She's going to have to go to the big Tom Thumb. What? What's it
0: called? The big and what's it called? What does what does your friend call it? In Sex and the, Sex and the City, they called it the big and tall. Oh, the whore big and store. tall. The oh, not the horse. No, Rosemary, that's not what section. I meant.
1: The big and tall teenage know, store. But thanks. Yeah, the big and tall store. And so I had to go to the big and tall store, which was only open like once a month. And I had to go to the big and tall store and get my clothes fit. And it was so upsetting and demeaning.
0: What's interesting about you saying that you feel like your idea about like your ideas of your body are kind of cemented in your teenage years is that in my teenage years, I feel like my views on my body really changed or like my body changed a lot as well. So like when I was in, say, sixth class, I would have been, I think, like average or thin. And then when I got to kind of maybe second year in secondary school, I suddenly thought I was fat or I felt like I was a lot fatter than my peers. No, I mean, I hate to you know I hate I mean. be like,
1: I hate to be the voice of reality here, but like you were super skinny up until about sixth year.
0: I felt felt like sixth year was a highlight for me. Oh, no, like what I'm saying
1: is like, but no, but my point is like, you were super skinny way beyond second year. Like you were super skinny. You were thin and skinny all the way up. I perceive you as super body positive. Like when did you like, because I mean, all my life, you've always been the thin member of the family, right? You've always been super thin. So like, why did it become an
0: issue for you? I never thought of myself as being super thin. I mean, when I was too young to think about it, I didn't think about it. And like, I definitely remember between the two of us that I like, I felt like I was the thin one and you were the fat one <laughs> because, I mean, I don't mean to laugh, no, but, but you're like, right. because you were the one who was, was on a diet and he was talking about it and thinking about it. And then I think when I got into my teens, I started to talk about it and think about it more probably as I hit puberty. And I started to put on weight, like in a very, in, like in a way that was very natural. But to me, I was suddenly like, oh my God, I'm getting fat. And I like joined Weight Watchers and like went on my first diet when I was about 14 and had been kind of dieting on and off. But I think, I don't know. I think when I started weight training, which is such a cliche, like when I discovered strength training, it was the first time that I had ever figured out a way to use my body in a way that didn't embarrass me. Because anytime I'd ever tried to do any sport, I was actually watching your son diving into the pool today. Oh my God, I, you, was I literally like diving. you about say
1: you're watching me do something. And my, I actually, my, my blood <laughs> ran cold.
0: No, no, no. no. Oh I was gosh. watching your son who's nine, Nash learning to dive today and how unselfconscious he was about it. And he was so brave and just like diving straight in. And diving was always one of the things that kind of made me feel really nervous. And I think a big part of it was because I felt like my body wasn't cooperating with me because I felt like it was too cumbersome and too big. And like, even now, if I think about diving, I'm like, no, no, like my body's not for diving. And I think a lot of physical sports that I tried, I felt really self-conscious about what I looked like doing them. But I mean, and weight training was the first thing that I ever tried that actually being bigger made me better at I mean, at. honestly, like, and I think that was when things started to kind of switch in my head a little well, bit. Well, just
1: even being a member of Weight Watchers seems to me to be, you know, a brave, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, right? But like, you have to acknowledge that you want to lose weight. You want to do whatever, right? Like, and I always was super scoffing of Weight Watchers and i like, I'm not joining that. Like, you know, I'm not going down to the yeah. community center. On a Friday afternoon. And the funny thing that I always thought was like really ridiculous was that like every time my friends, my friends, not the whole world, but like would go and join Weight Watchers and then the next, the, every every time they did the weigh-in on like a Thursday or Wednesday, they would then immediately go and get their takeaway so they could have their super splurge evening and then diet for the rest of the week. And I was like, so ridiculous, right? Like so...
0: <laughs> God, I used to do the exact same thing. I think everybody did. Every was single like, week, I used so to the exact ridiculous. So great. And then
1: when I moved to um, Paris, I was like, I, I got to get this weight under control. Even though I like... To your point, when I got to Paris, by the time I got to Paris, I, and by the time I got to Milan, like, I was much thinner. You know, I, my weight problem was much more an yeah. Irish problem. Like, I took, I, I mean, a problem I had in Ireland, and like, I took control, like, went on a diet, and blah blah blah. So boring, right, in my entire life. And but you also love like you love a salad, so like you're you're actually mean. like pretty good at eating healthy, especially a, when it's hot. Love I think. A much more salad than I am. Is very much an exaggeration, like. <laughs> can you know can tolerate a salad i remember one time i was on the subway with this group of italian people and one of them was on the phone to her boy she's like oh i'm gonna get home i'm gonna have like a lo-. i genuinely remember this she was like i'm gonna have a load of tiny little tomatoes a load of delicious little espada we're gonna have all these little di olivey We're gonna have loads of little i can't wait for my delicious salad and i was like oh my god if i could ever be this person i would be so happy and yet, i've never been that person but yes I would not I think I'm I'm more likely to actually skip a meal than to eat a d- deliciously healthy meal is probably more likely. But anyway, when I moved to Paris, I joined Weight Watchers with my friend. And I remember one day I went along to the we went on a Saturday morning and I went along and um on the way up the road, it was down these little steps on a tiny little, you know, side road. And I was on my way into the meeting, and this totally extremely handsome French dude walking <laughs> alongside, like in the opposite direction, like walking you know, toward me and he turns around just as we got to the door, just as I got to the door, I was about to turn, go down the step, it's about to jump down the steps towards my like, you know, diet haven. And he goes, oh, wait, what jealous? Oh les fatty. And I went <laughs> and I literally was like oh, <laughs> fatties To les fatties. You know, and like threw up my shoulders. What you treacherous oh my God, bitch. entirely. Like do not trust me ever. I like kept walking till I got to the end of the road with my friend. Uh, turned around to make sure this like extremely hot dude was gone, and then double <laughs> the extremely hot big. Oh, was yeah. gone. this extremely hot big. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doubled back on myself and like ran down the stairs to understand all the oh tips on how to lose gosh. weight. Like what the hell? But I mean, if that did not tell me everything I needed to know, like hey, he does not count you. Not that all my entire you know, self-perception is based on men, but like this individual does not count you as one of those people or he would not. But I mean, I think my entire perception was so skewed by working in fashion that there was just no, you know, there was no talking to me. I probably was, in fact, I look at pictures, I'm like, I was extremely thin, but there was no talking to me.
0: That's the thing about, like, I think that's the
1: thing about all of us. Like we all look back at photos of ourselves and we're like, oh, we look great. We look thin. You can't enjoy it in the moment.
0: No, although I I do think that I, I mean, and this is another cliche, that like, now that I'm in my mid-30s, closer to 40. 50. Closer to 40 than 30, not 50. Closer to 50
1: than 10. Closer to 50 than 10.
0: Closer to 50 than 20. Oh God, closer to, oh my God, you're so,
1: (laughs) my sister's so old. Oh God, I can't, and I
0: can't do maths. (laughs) You're closer to 50 than you are to 32, so. Oh my god, I'm probably
1: close to well hold on. I'm closer to sixty than I am to twenty. <gasps> that's that's You're, alarming. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Anyway, listen, look that's hardly the point we could we could sit here doing really, really poor maths all night. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say was now that I'm in my mid thirties, I have finally reached not like I like I wouldn't I I try to be body positive in the way I talk about my body and bodies in general, especially online, because I have a kind of a relatively big platform, right? But in my own personal opinions of my body, I think I have achieved something a little bit closer to body neutrality. I don't look at my body in the mirror and go, oh my God, that is gorgeous. But I don't look at myself in the mirror anymore and think, ugh, at least not all the time. But do you think like,
1: is it, you know, it's a bit like this question about happiness, you know, what is our real like, what's the real base level for happiness? Like, we've been brought up to believe that we should expect to be delighted with everything the whole time. Or have we? Like, have we? Magazines would, ex- yeah. you know, would lead you to believe, like, your, your, your base level, as we said about Gold, Goldie Hawn, you know, Goldie Hawn's base level for happiness is pretty high. Like, our base level yeah, for everything for happiness. is pretty high. But, like, is that actually realistic? Or, like, are we being tricked? You know, should we just be like, I read the other day that, like, the average person's IQ is average, which is going to be shocking to nobody except me, right? I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, well, that actually makes what, sense, Well, do you think right? it was going to be lower? No, no. Did you think it was going to be lower high? No, I was more like, I wonder what the average person's IQ is like, which actually means like maybe my IQ is pretty low, right? <laughs> but I mean, the average person probably looks average. Like, but we are all led yeah. to believe that, hey, if you put use these eyebrow tips and this tip and this tip and use this with your teeth and this with your hair and this with your body you can be more can you be you can be your best self and is that like also what does even above average mean in terms of like aesthetics you know should we not all just be like hey you can be your best self and your best
0: self is your nicest self you know what i mean that is very after school special of you i was not expecting oh really well not that you're not nice but that was just a very like zen positive idea but you know what i used to always think that to your point about happiness i used to always think that if i could find a way to achieve happiness or or if not happiness then at least contentedness in every aspect of my life then i would stop eating because i was sadder because i was angrier because i was i mean listen i can like eat because i'm itchy like literally it's not even about happy or sad but that if i could reach this kind of elusive state of happiness or contented neutral that i would automatically Lose weight and be a size 10 forever. I know. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? I that totally, like I had it I in my totally, head that a size 10 was the default healthy, happy I weight totally for everyone. Un- when actually, as I've got I older, totally I'm like,
1: of course that's not true. So I thought, like, with both of us having worked in, you know, so many places that like you worked in a lot of fashion magazines and I've worked in fashion, you know, companies that would be we have we probably have a lot of examples between us of you know, examples of how people have commented on
0: bodies just positive negative yeah but but before we get to workplaces I just want to tell you about one Weight Watchers meeting that I went to I used to go to Weight Watchers on Angel Street which was in the Whitefriar I think it was the Whitefire Community Centre and it was amazing because it was just like full of real characters and I used to go with two of my friends and we loved our Weight Watchers leader Mary who actually to this day and I've seen a good few Weight Watchers leaders is my absolute favourite but she used to come up with a different story do you know the way they used to do the meeting each week where they'd be like you know this week we're going to talk about calories or this week we're going to talk about fiber or this week we're going to talk about like fizzy drinks or whatever and they'd have a different theme did they do that in in, in France and Italy well, as well maybe but I
1: barely understood them like I actually really wish I'd gone to Weight Watchers Mary sounds amazing I just remember the one in France was convinced the whole time that like the reason we were overweight was because we didn't drink and we, we mistook hunger for thirst she would the whole time be like you're thirsty I'm like no no I'm starving she's like just need to drink more water <laughs> no 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 I need to eat a sandwich. No, no, you're thirsty.
0: (laughs) Well, Mary used to start every single meeting with like a different kind of anecdote or like a colourful story. And one week she started telling us, like, start off with this bit and she was like, now girls, you know how like there's a new celebrity, I've I've heard about the most amazing new celebrity diet I read about it in whatever, Now Magazine whatever. She's like, do you want to hear about it? You lose 10 pounds in the first week. (laughs) So we're all like, yes, Mary. And she goes, it's the most amazing diet. So, you wake up in the morning and you have a small bowl of cold <laughs> porridge. Right? Small bowl of cold porridge. And then for your lunch, you have a medium bowl of cold <laughs> porridge. And then for your dinner, guess what you have? You have you have a large bowl oh, of cold porridge. The Goldilocks diet. And this one. <laughs> and, this, and this one. This, you're ruining the punchline oh, right This one in the front row. This one in the front row puts up her hand and goes, Mary, they're not celebrities, Mary. They're bears. <laughs> She's right. And there was actually another time. Oh my god, it was so good. There was another time. Um, Mary started telling us about how uh, even though bananas are in the Weight Watchers book, <laughs> the Weight Watchers book is a point and a half. Not all bananas are created equal. And I she can't, took out three I bananas of raspberry. varying I sizes. Can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she started. She held up the first banana. She goes, "This looks so serious." This girl's is a one-and-a-half-point banana. <laughs> and then she picks up another slightly bigger banana, at which point myself and Claire started laughing so hard there were tears streaming down her face. She was a slightly bigger banana and she goes, this is a two-and-a-half-point banana. And then she produces this other banana like a magician, like a rabbit. She produces other bananas, like the size of a fucking wine bottle. And she picks it up and she goes, this banana. And another woman in the front row goes, Jesus, Mary, that banana must be on steroids. <laughs> that was a five-point banana, oh she told us. Oh, my God. A five-point banana, can you imagine? I tell you, we went from a one and a half to day. a three
1: and a half to a five-point banana, where there's no in between.
0: A one and a half to a two and a half to a five-point. Oh, point. my God. She must, have, she must have gone to several supermarkets <laughs> to find others. <little> <laughs> it was obscene. it was so good but sorry sorry on to more serious talk the workplace oh
1: yeah the workplace but you were going to tell me you were going to tell us about your experiences in the workplace because yours are more well actually no mine are. I mean they're both pretty personal like I think I've observed a lot you know I, I worked in a company once where we did up to a size 14 which is about a size 10 12 maybe UK and UK Ireland and I think um
0: there was a conversation where I was like, "No, no, 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 no. A fourteen UK Ireland is a ten, twelve American." Oh well, okay. Well, fourteen then was the max
1: American. But I mean, I you know oh, yeah, you yeah. and I know we both disagree about these sizings because, like, allegedly there's a two to four size discrepancy. But I really think that it narrows yeah. as you get bigger.
0: Anyway, yeah. Allegedly, uh, like, allegedly, an American twelve is the UK sixteen. Yeah. But an American 12, I think, it's closer to a UK 12, Yeah, to 14 that's what I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, UK 14, true. right? You're right. You're and right. it
1: depends on where you shop, yeah. right? They're all different. And I remember, like, one place I worked, there was a conversation around, you know, like a lot of people really want to wear, you know, these clothes, but they're very small. It was like, I don't want any fat people wearing my clothes. I do not want bigger women wearing these dresses. And I was like, wow. You know, and at the time, so this would have been, 12 years ago Mm. and like I remember at the time being like that is like super unwelcoming and like not necessarily broad but like I thought of it more from a business perspective I was like that's like not really Mm. you know broadening your base
0: but I didn't think of it as a because because it's excluding but it's excluding such a huge portion of shoppers I didn't think of it the way
1: that we would think of it now is like wow that is like really inappropriate you know that's wrong yeah I mean I did think it was I, I thought it was a distasteful attitude but I also thought it was like within the purview of the business owner to have right it's like if you don't want to if you don't want to offer that to a broader base that's your business prerogative and now I kind of question that I'm like is it your business prerogative is it not I'm not sure right I genuinely am not sure like I think it probably is but like there are repercussions for that too you know Mm -hmm. you can choose not to offer it to a broader base but then you can choose not to be relevant, right? They're, they're kind of like, they're not yeah. different choices, if you know what I mean. But I, but, but the way it was said wasn't, uh, I don't want to be re- relevant. It was more like, I don't want to be ugly, was the yeah. attitude, yeah. right? And I was just like, I was so shocked at the time because I was definitely in that larger grouping. And I just felt really shocked because I, I literally was sitting there in this meeting where it was said, I don't want to dress you. Yeah. And I think like now I, I wonder would I say something like I was in a much more junior role, but would I say something now? I, I, Oh yeah. Now I would say something. I would be like, but I don't think it would even be a conversation now. You know, at the time it was, it was a conversation. It was a topic. I was shocked. Right. But it was not something I was well, equipped to handle at the time.
0: Yeah. Like there are definitely loads of brands now, the majority of brands that still don't cater for anything above a size 14. But I agree with you that I doubt that the brand owners or the managers would be saying that in a meeting with several but people. I also think that, that now I'm in a, do you know yeah, what I mean now
1: I'm in a role like I'm at a scene. I'm at a level where I could say I disagree. Whether or not people listen to you at, yeah. at that level is a different thing. You know, I think there's an expectation yeah. you're gonna get to a certain level of people who are gonna listen to you. It's like, no, you're still one of seven, you're still one of eight, you're still one of ten. You know, you're not necessarily it's still a democracy. It's still not necessarily your voice is the leading voice. So you can make your point mm-hmm. and you can still be the only voice. I yeah, or I'd vote it. Voted. Kind of thing. Yes, yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But in this case... In I this remember case, when was, I worked... Shock. Um,
0: I remember when I worked at one particular magazine, we used to do a, a naked shoot. I mean, look, I can just say it was Stellar because I think Stellar was the only magazine doing naked shoots. And I remember having a discussion where I was going, I really don't think we should retouch the images because I think if we're going to do a naked shoot... And then I remember having this conversation at a staff meeting, they were going, "But if we, if we retouch images of models, and if we retouch all images so that we don't have like so that we're kind of retouching like the wrinkle under somebody's armpit, or we're retouching so you can't see the hair, you know the fine hair on someone's arm, and we're retouching so that skin looks slightly smoother or maybe slightly brighter, why wouldn't we also do that for our naked shoot, which happened to be one of the few shoots in a year of the magazine that included diverse bodies?" And and I remember thinking it was kind of an interesting discussion because I was like, on the one hand, I was going, you know, I think they should be really natural. But then I was like, well, then why, why am I advocating for the quote unquote normal women to be the only ones who don't get the kind of little magic wand perfection? You know what I mean? It's funny you say that because actually a photo shoot that I worked on
1: a couple of years ago was one of the first ones for the company that I was working with was one of the first ones that featured diverse sizes for the models. Right. And it had been a massive push to get them there, you know, like, Hey, we really need this. Like it's a big deal. And by the time we ended up with the models, like they were very, nobody was massive, you know, like it wasn't like, Oh my goodness, Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is like super shocking. It was more like, Oh, this girl is maybe a size I'm talking UK 16 versus a size 12, you know? Yeah. And, So this company had been pretty well-known for, not well-known, but like by the time you got to the photos, it was hard, like they were very well, you know, very retouched. It was very brightened because it was supposed to look very happy and very, you know, enthusiastic. And the models themselves, all the cellulite had been taken off them. And I was like, and they had been like, their waists had been shaped. And it was kind of bizarre because you think about this as being a very intentional thing. When you read about this, you know, when, when celebrities say like, oh, my waist was reshaped and my It's like, it seems really malicious, you know, it seems really Mm -hmm, deliberate, mm -hmm. but I actually think it was really just more part of the industry. It was more part of, like, it was more the expectation, you know? So when I went back and I was like, hey guys, the whole point of hiring this girl who was a bigger girl was for her to be a bigger girl. The more, the real point, and there was another girl who was like slightly older, like, but I mean by older, I mean like she was 35, she was 40, she had a couple of like lines around her eyes and she had some freckles and she was very charming, you know? I was like, the whole point of hiring these guys was to have their authentic selves shine through and you kind of Mm. glossed over them because like all the freckles were, you know, color corrected, as they say, like inverted commas, all of the wrinkles around her eyes had been taken out and they were like, oh, we just assumed. And it kind of, it was funny because it occurred to me that like, you can have a message that is superficial and it's like, I mean, superficial at an internal level. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to hire these models. We're going to hire this and like everybody's super gung-ho but it doesn't get to the retouchers it doesn't get down to you know the internal teams of like we're yeah. going to this is what we're doing you know people can be like super on board yeah and by the time it gets out to the bigger audience it can be really diluted and kind of made more uh, mainstream and it's not necessarily always kind of glossed over Yeah, and it's not necessarily even yeah, always yeah. the company's fault it's like they had great intentions no, at the but beginning but they didn't communicate them well they didn't and everybody would like, well, that's really not, not a difficult thing to do. But like, it kind of is sometimes. And I, I felt like in this yeah. case, you know, everybody turned around and was like, oh, we'll fix it. And everybody fixed it. But it was kind of interesting to me that every single individual involved, like it, nobody needed to be directed. Nobody was told, Photoshop this
0: thigh, you know, fix these yes. wrinkles. Yeah. Their
1: expectation was but just like, I mean, this is our norm of beauty. I need to fix it.
0: Yeah. Like whether you're talking about media or marketing, there is such an expectation of perfection on images of, I mean, everybody, but particularly women.
1: Yes. But but I also think like the funny thing is that I don't think any of these people who were spoken to, like who were told, none of them would go home and say about their spouses or their partners, you should be less wrinkly, have more, you know, it's like, it's just, it's a very artificial, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a very artificial world and like how do you start to communicate to people like hey what we're trying to communicate is a real aesthetic we're trying to communicate a real world vibe and people kind of who have been historically in this environment for a long time struggle to understand like what you do in your spare time now it's what we're trying to get out to the world whereas before it was like what you're doing in your spare time is what we're trying to avoid getting out to the world you know
0: well yeah I mean I feel like there used to be an attempt to make more of aspirational and like almost to separate the aspirational more from the everyday that you wanted things to be super glossy and super like you know that's what I want whereas now I feel like we're almost trying to bring them closer together and to break down those walls or those veneers between what's real and what's in the media or what's on Instagram or what's in magazines or like that's kind of what we should be trying to do even though I know that not everybody is but that's kind of the idea you know what I mean of like representing more reality but it's it's hard right because I mean because oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I mean, I can speak from the many companies that I've worked at, like so few, like everybody wants to look real, like, and I'm using inverted commas quotes in my hands, like, but they really mean like beautifully real, you know, unnaturally yes. real, yeah. like
0: gloriously you know what? real. That's like, that's kind of my point about the nude imagery when I was at Stellar that like everybody wants to look real. But I actually think probably a lot of those women, if they posed for those photographs and we hadn't. Gloss them up slightly. We hadn't, and like there wasn't any major airbrushing done. Like we very much wanted them to look like themselves, but also to kind of go. If if you were that woman, what would you want us to kind of smooth a little bit? What would you want us to kind of you know what what flyaways would you want us to but get me, rid of? But kind maybe of thing? the problem
1: is like everybody does want to look maybe their the quote problem unquote, best is like, self. That, you know, magazines are trying to airbrush Cindy Crawford, and I'm like, don't airbrush Cindy Crawford. <laughs> you know, airbrush me a tiny bit to look remotely closer to Cindy Crawford right? It's like, she doesn't need airbrushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need the airbrushing, like to go 1% more in her direction. And like, you know, she's grand going 1% more in my direction, right? Because like, I, I genuinely think like the expectations are so like seriously skewed. Because I mean, one of the companies that I worked at, I remember my boss was obsessed. <laughs> I mean, this doesn't even make sense with people's kneecaps. And she would always be like, oh my God, her knees are so extremely fat. Every time we had a photo shoot, she'd be like, well, Beatrice. I mean, it looked okay, but her kneecaps were extremely fat. Like they looked
0: extremely fat. I'm literally gay. You should see me gazing down at my I kneecaps I know. Now, like, I mean, hmm. honestly, she's given me an amazing... I've never thought about oh, the fat on my kneecaps. I have done
1: nothing since... Except like worry about my kneecaps since whatever that year that was, like 2005, you know, I'm like, wow. I was going to say nineteen eighty. I actually went to a doctor because I had back problems and more of that later. But at one point I was like, yeah, I'm aware that my my legs, you know, they don't curve inward, they curve outward because of whatever, like in my back and like, therefore my kneecaps. he's like, very unusual that you're aware of that. I'm like, "Mm -hmm. you have no idea. Like literally you have no idea how much time I have spent worrying about my kneecaps. And she used to go Ugh. off and have like her kneecap fat sucked out of her once a season. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. It was always there, her kneecap fat. Oh my God,
0: they're going to be so sore, your yes.
1: kneecap fat. Yes, but genuinely like she was, she was always like, oh, the the fit model coming. Oh, her kneecaps. Oh, shoulder blades. Oh my God, Ugh. I didn't even know I would was be a, like, like I, kneecaps I, or something I, we had to I worry about. And I would be about. like, I, I feel like I've lost 10 pounds since the last time we saw each other. But like, now i got to but it's like women's
0: magazines, yeah, only, you know, like every, every time you makeups. think
1: you're grand, they have something else for you to worry about. Well, there's something yeah. else.
0: But you know what? I am aware now that we've whittered on for quite a long time. But I just wanted to ask on on the subject of average looking and average sized women in advertising and in marketing, I find that a really difficult hurdle to kind of get over, like... There's a lot of e-commerce sites, especially in the US now that I've noticed, that you can select which model you want to look at. So you can say, I want to look at the model who is five foot seven and who's a size sixteen, right? Which which would be what I am. And nine times out of ten, when I see the jeans I want on a model who's five foot seven and a size sixteen, I'm like, oh yeah. Well I I have to say you're obviously the size as bitch. I somehow have it in my head that like, when I buy these jeans, I'm going to look closer to the size eight model. Like, obviously it's just this, like, it's this really deep conditioning in my head. That's like, it would be more beautiful for your legs to look like size eight legs. No, no, I, know, I look 100% like agree legs.
1: with you. Like I, 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 I log on. I see this dress. I think glorious. I see the dress on the slightly larger girl. I go, oh, and I, it's not that I think hideous. I think that dress looks great on her. Right. I think she looks great with that dress. And then I think, hmm, do I who do I want to look like that? Like, and it's and in a way, I think it actually probably prevents a lot more returns because yeah, I think prior I think to this, if I had
0: been able to see yeah, that on ASOS, prior to this, I ninety nine percent of the things would have gone back or wouldn't. Prior have been to this,
1: I think that I would have ordered the dress, no hesitation. Now I think it gives me a, an yeah. element of caution. I think, hmm, that's probably the reality of what I look like. Am I okay with that? And. In a lot of times, I am, but I would have to say mainly with jeans, I'm like, mm, I'm not okay with that. I, I I wonder if that has slowed the sales of jeans for not size for two models, yeah, because that... I genuinely go like yeah. everything else, dresses, etc. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, reality speak, reality strikes. I have to be realistic. Like that's what she looks like. That's what I'm gonna look like. It's like prior to this, like the clothes would come, I'd put them on, i go, oh my God. I'd be like, let me get somebody else in the room to like, tell me that I'm joking. And then Don would come in and be like, oh, but well, what is this? You look awful. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Like literally, I, okay, thanks. I didn't need to, I told you the other day I bought, a, I bought a jumpsuit. I bought a one shoulder jumpsuit and it's like a, a Jersey. It's a risky move. Well, no, you, you, you approved.
0: It's a jersey. I, I know, but but one-shoulder jumpsuits are always going to be one. You know it's I mean? not
1: the one-shoulder. It's a weird, saggy material. Like, I put it on. I was like, oh, no, this looks like I have, like, a large nappy on. Like, it's not looking good. Diaper. L- large diaper jumpsuit, you know? And I was like, oh, I can't. However, if I was this brand, if this had been on a size 14 slash 16, I have to tell you, probably would never have bought it, right? So, like, they don't have that bigger size mm. model probably for a reason. But like, I think it's really tricky because like, I appreciate that they're like representing, but I also, I don't really want to know what I'm going to look like because I I live in a dream of
0: who I really am. You know, it's it's hard. But you know what? I think a lot of these conundrums are because these clothes are designed on size eight fit models. And when you design a garment for somebody who is very slim and, you know, has a certain build or maybe has like a more boyish figure, which would be the more kind of typical model, when you size that outfit up, it's not going to look mean, the same or it's not going to look know, I mean, comparable on somebody with big I would tits like to like, think, you know, I would bum. like to
1: think that like grading is, you know, done in a thoughtful manner and that all of this is taken into account and depends company by company. But I would just think like the reality is, you know, things look different on different size people and we are all accustomed mm. to looking at them on size six to eight or four to six models. And it's really shocking to see it on a model who's not that size and to go, oh, yeah. That's actually what I'm going to look like. And, and the reality is also, it's actually not what you're going to look like because this person's under like the most glaring of lights. You're going to be, you know, under the most gorgeous of lights. In
0: my case, <laughs> you're going to be at home yeah. with, with you're, going on in the corner. you're going to be under lockdown. You're going to be, you're going to have four,
1: you're going to have four, you know, um, limoncello candle lights. And you're going to be dragging your husband <laughs> into the back garden where he doesn't like to go because it's too hot. And like, he doesn't even care. You know, it's just about you. But anyway, yeah, Rosemary, I I need you to look at my jumpsuit and tell me if it's okay and we can post a picture of it later on if it is okay and if it's not, we can still post a picture of it because I felt like it was a little bit too baggy in the crotch.
0: (laughs) Just for you. (laughs) And listen, if that isn't a perfect note to end on, I don't know what is. I I agree. Disclaimer that we perhaps should have made at the beginning, we have no conclusions about this. Oh,
1: absolutely none and zero knowledge whatsoever. However... We do still want to hear your songs and we are planning our own next sing-along for you.
0: We'd love to hear what you have to sing with your own sisters or siblings. siblings. My friend Claire did get in touch and say that herself and her brother Nile were going to sing a tune. I think she was joking. I think that's actually adorable. So
1: any sibling singing. I know,
0: I knew you'd be delighted. Sibling singing is top-notch with us. Top-notch? Yes, Rosemary, top-notch with us. Between that and tot. And what was the other one? Tuffy. Top-notch Tuffy, totting it up so happy with that Beatrice are you still there? A deep breath as
1: I oh. consider my my comeback so yes we would love to hear anything that you have to sing with a sibling and we will put it at the end of our next podcast on le- and if we hear nothing we'll have our own song to sing for you so you've been warned
0: <laughs> and listen aside from all that sing if you want what you really should do is go on to Apple Podcasts give us five stars and leave a review because it really helps us Feel better about ourselves and helps other people find the podcast. And oh, oh yeah! If you have any topic suggestions, we'd love those too. Wouldn't we, we would, we would love
1: any any this ideas is... you have. We we heard it, we heard a few we're working on them.
0: Oh my god, loads. we had a lot. We actually loads, had a like lot. Yeah, dating mm-hmm. dating in Ireland versus oh, yeah. dating in America. Oh, yeah. Expat expat relationship. American politics, another topic we know absolutely nothing about, but we'll probably oh, on back for happily
1: Give you all our opinions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and anything else? Thank you so mm-hmm. much for listening. Anything else you'd like, you can get us on Instagram at Not Without My Sister. Or personally, I'm at Rosemary McKay with an A in my Mac and. I'm at Beatrice McKay but with an A in my Mac. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound editing and design is by Don Kirkland. Original music is also by Don Kirkland. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen.
1: Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.